Welcome to Dr. Michelle's Wild Warrior Podcast, the official podcast for all things body, brain, and soul. Dr. Michelle is a naturopathic physician, licensed acupuncturist, martial artist, yoga teacher, and aims to model optimal health. And now, here's Dr. Michelle. Welcome, everybody. It's Dr. Michelle's Wild Warrior Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, Today is the new moon, and it's a solar eclipse in the southern hemisphere, which we won't be able to see here, obviously, but um, symbolic for many reasons because it's a time for new beginnings and fresh starts and um, kind of the clean slate that I think many of us have been kind of yearning for. And it's an opportunity really for us to just set new intentions for how we want to be in the world and and what we envision for our individual futures, but also for, you know, our societal and planetary um, future as we move ahead, especially kind of, you know, as we've all been saying all year after a challenging time and um, unique circumstances, I think it's a really good good time to just start fresh and come into yourself um, from a different place and, and different perspective. And on that note, today's episode is entitled Heart Centric. And I'll give you kind of the backstory of what led me to want to focus from the heart. Um, so just in the last week, I've been feeling a lot of anxiety, which is not kind of a, it's not an emotion that I tend toward that often these days in my life. I used to be a worrier and my mom was um, an adamant worrier, <laughs> vehement really, but, uh, and I kind of trained myself out of it with some years of yoga and just meditation and um mindfulness and just changing my thought patterns on things and, and recognizing, you know, with the help of some other people's guidance that focusing on the things that I don't want in my life, which really is what worry is about, was really not in line with who I am and, um, and how I like to just keep my perspective on things that are important to me and that I want. And, Uh, Martial arts helped me with that a lot too, just kind of envisioning things like as if they were already done, like as if they'd already, I'd already accomplished them. And so knowing that about myself was, was uh, a good facilitation for me to be able to change kind of that, um, you know, focusing on the things that I don't want for fear or, um, sometimes honestly, like it's kind of fun to ruminate. And I think some of us know that to be true, like, uh, on a conversation or, you know, just on something in your life that you kind of want to focus a lot of energy on. And I think that can, um, you know, fester and become, become problematic over time. And so anyway, back to kind of last week, there were just some big things that were happening in the world. I felt like, and I was investing a lot of attention on, um, you know, on the COVID situation and, uh, and research. And I really like to try and research a lot of things. And unfortunately that comes at somewhat of a cost because, I mean, there's plenty of days where it would be a lot easier for me to have my head in the sand, uh, but that's not my character. And that's also just not 
what I think I'm, I should be doing as a practitioner. Uh, I think it's really important for me to have the information and be able to disseminate that with, with some semblance of intelligence to my patients and to my peers and to my children and to the people that, you know, rely upon me to, um, to give them information and to lead by example too. So, and there's a lot of conflicting information out there. There's a lot of data that's confusing and challenging to, to pour over. Um, and it's also not easy to do, you know? So anyway, last week was a little bit of a source of anxiety for me. I, I felt like, you know, in knowing some things that were happening, uh, with our government and with potential, um, vaccine mandates, for example, which I just am really a proponent of informed consent and people having autonomy uh, to make choices about their bodies. Um, and we won't go into the vaccine discussion. That's not the point of this, this information, but I'm just letting you know where my anxiety was stemming from. Cause that's really important to me for me and for my family and for my patients that we have the, um, autonomy to decide what we want medically for our bodies. So anyway, that was one of the things. And there were a few other things that happened, um, you know, mostly in the external world that were affecting me personally. And so I kind of let the anxiety get the best of me. And I remember uh, back when I was doing my yoga teacher training, my teacher, Rolf Gates, who's uh, a lovely man and was wonderful to learn from. Um, I recommend that you look him up and uh, study with him or read his books if you can. He's wonderful. But he would say to us during class sometimes, um, the mind yells and the heart whispers. And that is a really centering kind of concept for me where I recognize that I, I have a very active mind. I think a lot of us do. And, and I, it's entertaining to me for sure, <laughs> but it's not always in my physiological best interest to, um, to ruminate or to have even just positive thoughts. They can be overwhelming. And so when I get back into my body, then, you know, that's a much better place from which I can operate more sanely for those around me too. And, uh, I also started to recognize, like I was, I was getting some physical symptoms, um, from being too much in my head. So my heart was kind of a little, you know, um, it was palpitating a little bit and, uh, I just felt not grounded, you know, and I really wanted to change that. And so I was hiking one day, which is where a lot of my ideas kind of come to me. It's my moving meditation, it's nature and just being out with my dogs and being by the river out in the snow is, you know, as many of you know, my place of solitude and solace. And, um, it's also a source of creativity for me. So, I kind of recognize, like, I want to focus on being heart-centric. And what I mean by that is uh, not only coming from the place of the heart, right, and the, the beauty and the compassion and the wisdom and the courage that the heart symbolizes, um, but also just, you know, the centric idea of like radiating that out to others. I mean, our hearts are electromagnetic and in this situation this year where we've been kind of 
separated from people that we normally would be in contact with, even if it's just strangers at the store or, you know, um, sitting close by to somebody at the coffee shop or crossing people on the trail in close proximity or passing a hug to somebody that you haven't seen in a while. You know, we've been kind of um, forced to not do that uh, as of late. And well, for almost a year, I guess now. And I think that that has its ramifications in a big way on our ability to kind of share pheromones and, um, you know, messaging from our bodies to each other because we don't have that closeness and then we don't have that physical contact anymore. And I really think that coming from a place that is heart centered and heart centric is going to be ultimately the answer to all of this. And I know that sounds kind of simple and pared down, but I definitely believe that to be true. And so I allowed myself to kind of get over overrun by fear, um, not the fear of the common narrative that many other people are afraid of, um, not the fear of the virus itself, but the fear of uh, what's happening because of the virus. And, um, you know, that's very concerning to me. So anyway, I stepped out of that and I'm not listening to my mind yell anymore and I'm listening to my heart again. And it's allowed me to just soften. It's allowed me to uh, reconnect with not only with myself, but with other people as well. So on that note, I'm going to kind of digress or diverge a little bit to Chinese medicine, because this kind of came up last week as well. I guess there was just some messaging that needed (laughs) to kind of channel into me last week, but um, hopefully it will help you guys just feel some you know, something that you might be inspired by with what I'm speaking about. And one of the things in Chinese medicine, obviously, like there's energetics that are a big part of Chinese medicine. And um, every organ system has its own emotion attached to it. And when things are in balance or imbalanced either way, then those emotions can kind of crop up and, and we can almost get stuck in them. I remember, and this is another little bit of a, um, you know, a, a segue, but I had a homeopathy professor and he would talk about kind of the different um, vibes of each remedy. And uh, if you don't know anything about homeopathy, that's okay. You can think of it as kind of an emotional thing. So say you have a room and in the, in the room, every area of the room has its own kind of emotional feel. So you've got depression over here, you've got sadness, you've got grief, you've got joy and compassion and excitement, all the different ranges of emotions that we can experience as humans. And he would say that we should all be able to kind of walk freely around that room and experience each of those feelings but not get stuck in any place, right? And so, you know, what happens, I think, when we get imbalanced um, in our emotional body, which obviously, you know, uh, translates into an imbalance physiologically, um, is that, you know, we, we get stuck there and we can't 
move away from it. And it's okay to kind of dabble in all of those things, but we should be able to experience the breadth of those emotions but and utilize them as we need to and learn from those experiences that happen out of those emotions, but we should not, um, ultimately health means we are able to move through them freely and not get stuck in one or the other, or be only in two extremes, for example, you know? So, uh, in Chinese medicine, one of the, the, the wood energy that we talk about in Chinese medicine, if you've heard me ramble about this ever before, um, if you're a patient of mine, you probably heard me talk about it a little bit, but the wood energy is kind of forceful and, um, anger comes out of that. And I remember learning that anger is not necessarily a bad emotion, right? And we, I think we, we've tainted it to think that it's somehow harsh or, um, you know, that we should always kind of control our anger or whatever. And yes, we should control our actions, you know, when we feel anger, but the feeling itself is legit. I mean, it's part of being human and it can also be useful, right? And so I, um, I get really passionate about the things that I believe in and, and, you know, as many of us do. And so my passion sometimes comes out in this forceful way because that's my personality to some degree. I'm a fiery Leo, right? So, um, but it can also be misconstrued as anger. And sometimes it is angry energy. Sometimes my passion is angry because I do believe in something so, so fiercely that I want to just shout it to the world and let everybody know how important this issue is, right? Um, and maybe that's egocentric and not heart-centric. But uh, anyway, I feel like the angry energy can be useful. And let me give you an example. In Chinese medicine, like I said, the wood energy is considered angry. And the two organ systems that rule that are the gallbladder and the liver. And they are, in Chinese medicine, kind of in charge of like moving the chi. So they keep things from being stuck. You can think of it as circulation if you understand Western medicine better. It's similar. It's like things are moving and like all of our fluids are moving, our energy is moving. We're able, you know, think about how you feel when you, when you wake up fresh and you're ready to kind of hit your day. You've got a lot of oomph behind that, right? Um, So that forceful energy is necessary for us to just have our get up and go. And in fact, the gallbladder is considered kind of the general, like the general of our army. And think about channel for a second, a general that you might (laughs) envision. And um, that is like, let's get the troops going. Let's, you know, blow the trumpet and get everybody riled up and and sit on our horse and give a, a speech to the to the masses, you know, that we're about to lead into battle, for example. Um, that role is really, really important for us to, you know, feel inspired and courageous and uh, ready and set to, you know, take on our day, whether that's an actual battle or um, maybe it's just getting up and, you know, going to work, um, your basic stuff. And that wood energy is really necessary on a regular basis. 
another way to kind of visualize it if that general idea didn't get to you. So if you think about in the spring when, you know, maybe the crocuses come up after a long winter, uh, that is considered kind of angry energy as that, as they, as they force through the soil, that seed is, is tiny, but it's got power because it is, allows itself to come into fruition and to be, you know, to burst into being similar to birth, right? Where we have this kind of forceful energy working its way and, and birth isn't, you know, it's not an easy task and it's certainly not very graceful. Um, even after having three kids, it wasn't ever graceful for me. It was powerful, very powerful and forceful. And I think that that is, you know, a necessary energy. And so my point in that is that when we come from a heart-centric place, then that anger, that forceful or that fired up energy can come across with compassion and passion. And I think both of those things are very necessary in making change in our own lives and in radiating that change, you know, to everybody around us, even if it's just one other person. I think that that's an effective way. I mean, it's the pebble in the pond kind of idea. So that heart centric is literally radiating out to those around us. And I got lost in my anxiety and my concerns last week and my heart just went, you know, and it didn't, it wasn't able to serve me very well, but it certainly wasn't going to serve other people. Uh, very well if I was in this kind of lockdown and and rigid place where I need to be kind of, you know, moving that energy, having fluid conversations in a more graceful way that weren't so like, no, I am going to stand here and do my thing and don't you dare come and, you know, show me data otherwise or whatever it might be. So let's channel that um, or, you know, that's what I'm trying to do and hopefully you might be inspired to do the same channel that hard energy that's softer it's the whisper yeah and uh and allow that whisper to kind of control um and navigate us so that we can you know make more graceful change in the world um interestingly i'm I'm not an expert in jujitsu i've trained in it it's awesome (laughs) i love it um I've been crushed multiple times in terrible ways over the years. And I feel like a complete novice when it comes to jujitsu still, even after some years of, you know, um, education and training and, you know, practice. And it's just one of those sports and practices that, you know, is, is, um, a journey. It's ever never, you can't really finish it, right? It's, it's just a thing that you kind of have to keep going with. And one of the counterintuitive things that happened for me when I was first learning jujitsu, uh, well, I'll back that up. (laughs) The very first thing that happened to me when I first had to do like an arm bar on somebody back in my karate days, uh, was this huge conflict of, of, uh, character or something because I had been trained for years on how to like help people's joints, you know, and, um, strengthen their, their shoulder and take care of their shoulder by doing acupuncture or whatever on it. And, 
to sit there in, or their elbow in this case with an arm bar and to sit there and like pull somebody's arm to the place where they needed to tap out because of discomfort was really challenging for me at first. Um, so that being said, that was early on in my training and, and I got over it for sure. But, you know, the beginning of my martial arts career was a lot more um, sparring and, you know, self-defense kind of stuff. And so it was pretty feisty and uh, I resonate with that. It's like easy for me to feel okay, like throwing a punch or a kick at somebody, <laughs> but then you get into jujitsu and it's such a different way of, of interacting. And my current coach, um, coach T calls it uh, a language, you know, when we're doing stick work or something, um, a scream of sticks or, you know, just combatives, um, it's a language and we kind of come into this flow, almost like a dance where we're communicating with each other and jujitsu is so similar in, in that. And what I'm getting to here is that the energy that somebody else pushes into you, you know, when they're trying to do a move, a lot of times in jujitsu, the best answer and the, and the, the smartest thing to do is to utilize their force and transfer it into yourself, into what you want to do. So, and I, those of you out there that are like highly trained, which is many of you that I know, <laughs> um, don't judge cause I'm probably not saying it exactly right, but essentially, you know, you're, you learn to go with the flow so that you can gain the advantage. So if somebody is coming at you with force, you use their force, receive it, and then kind of turn it into, you know, your own move so that you can either be in a dominant position or set yourself up for, you know, um, whatever, you know, whatever move you're trying to get to, whether it's a choke or, you know, some way to get them to tap so that you either get the advantageous position or you actually get the finish, you know, um, and I feel like that is what's happening right now. In other words, what I'm seeing out there, and I think that I had to kind of like experience it myself before I could really get some clarity on it. And I listened to some wise Yodas <laughs> that helped me understand this too. But um, when we come up against, you know, an obstacle, whether that's a human body in jujitsu, in the jujitsu example, or um, it's a concept or an idea, or even for me, like the bigger forces at hand um, that sometimes can feel kind of sinister. If we match that force, um, you know, that's often not the best answer. It's In, in fact, it just aggravates things and brings things up to this more, uh, charged kind of place. And it's not, it doesn't invite resolution, you know? And I feel like, um, right now it, everything is so charged and polarized. Like people have their opinion and if their opinion is such then basically anybody who doesn't agree with all the things that they agree with or that they believe in is not in their camp. You know, I, I was actually having this conversation recently with somebody where I'm like, the gray is just missing 
right now. We've got our two extremes or whatever, you know, however many there are. We've got these extremes and there's no gray area in between. And that, and the gray is like the sweet spot. That's, that's where conversations can be had. That's where we learn and grow. That's where we make mistakes and, and get hum, you know, are humbled. And, um, that's where we can show courage because we can, we can be humbled. I mean, it takes, it takes humility to have true authentic courage also, because we're able to kind of step back and look at ourselves and learn from our experiences and our mistakes. You know, it, it takes humility and to be in the gray. And I feel like, People have lost that capability or they're so resistant and dug in that they can't even step into the gray anymore. And that's like so heartbreaking to me because I feel like we all have so much to offer. We have so many gifts and skills and creativity and thoughts and, you know, to be able to have those fluid conversations that are respectful and curious and like, you know, what do you have to say about this? What do you think about this? Instead of just, you know, oh, because you, you think differently than I do, then you must be, and then, you know, categorize them in some way. Um, and I find that that is really dehumanizing. And it's, it's saddening to me because I do feel like we all have so many gifts to offer. And what I am hoping for is that collectively we kind of step into the gray together and start to recognize that we all have different ways of being and those are okay, you know, that we don't have to fit into one storyline in order to be a good human. Um, And I just feel like my job right now is to kind of and this isn't from a righteous place by any means, please. I mean, I, I, I've been so humbled in my life and, uh, I've made a lot of mistakes and I've said things that were not okay. And I've hurt people and, you know, all the things that we humans do. Um, but I'm willing to look at that stuff and, and try and shift and do it differently as I move forward and then make more mistakes and try and shift again and do it differently. And, and I want to, surround myself with people that are willing to have those harder conversations and to look at things from a different perspective, even if it totally riles them up. You know, I mean, there's times when in, in doing all of my data collection and researching, and I kind of have my beliefs and my thoughts. And so sometimes I tend to read research that supports that. I think that's kind of a natural tendency And then I force myself to read some of the things that make me really uncomfortable. And that's good. Um, Doesn't mean I don't sit there and try and tear it apart, but (laughs) at least I'm willing, you know, I think it's important for us to be willing to kind of look at the things that trigger us and and make us uncomfortable. And like, why? why? Why does that make me uncomfortable? You know, those are hard questions and and we need to be able to... um, to sit with them and think about them and think like, is this something that reigns true for me or not? And can I even understand what this person has to say and where they're coming from? Because we're all coming from really a similar place. And that is, um, 
Well, if you want to get bare bones about it, it's survival, number one, and then it's connection, number two, um, and it's living fully, hopefully, as as kind of the bigger picture. So, um, the, you know, I, I just think that moving with that energy of each other and utilizing it in a way that can create this, like, communication, this dance, this... Um, this reverence for each other and, and this newer understanding to kind of see, kind of see through the guard, right? Because when, when we come up against resistance with another human being, and I'm sure you've all experienced this on some level, in general, there's a wound there. There's something that's guarded for a reason, you know, um, I know for me, when, when somebody says something that triggers me and I get kind of that flood of like, <laughs> um, there's a couple of reasons why. And one of them is, uh, I don't feel heard. You know, sometimes it's frankly just that I feel like they're not understanding my words. Um, sometimes it is, you know, I feel like it's an affront to my character or my value and that's my own work to be done. That has nothing to do with the person. Uh, other times it might be something that I just don't know. And I'm like, huh, how do I not know that? Not that I know everything, but you know, there's times when we come up against something and we're like, whoa, that information is almost too much to handle because it's new or it's unique or it's a, it's kind of opposite of what we've always understood, Right. I mean, it's like if we, you know, if we were in an anti-gravity room or something, it would be confusing to our system. And so when things are, are different or new or um, innovative or revolutionary, then they, f- they shake us up. They feel, they feel disconcerting. And that's okay to feel that way, but to recognize, like, that's what our blocks are about, you know. And, and I also think, you know, for many of us, especially those of us who are parents, there becomes this, um, well, things, the, the stakes get high because we have children involved. And so the mama bear or papa bear kind of comes out too. And that's another, another thing where I will get triggered really easily when it comes to my relationship to my kids or with my kids or, um, their best interest, you know, with the school things, for example, uh, the school closure stuff, you know, I get, I get really feisty about those conversations because I recognize how important it is for our kids to be back in school and, um, and the detriment that's happening to them by them not being allowed to do that in our state. So, you know, I get fired up about that and I find that that is, uh, you know, I understand what that trigger is about for me because I, I know that it's really about the best interest of my children. Um, whether I'm right or not doesn't matter. Like, that's just what I have to know about myself. Um, so uh, get in touch with the heart and then those fights or those conversations that might be more challenging can be more productive because you're coming from, you know, a place of love and compassion. I have a good friend and she always says, speak the truth with love, speak the truth with love. And I channel her a lot when I'm, you know, set to have a harder conversation or something because she's right. 
I mean, we can do that with anybody. We can do that with strangers. We can still speak the truth with love and uh, do our best to be compassionate and just say what we need to say and um, and keep what we don't need to say uh, and be respectful about our communication skills. So what do we do with all that? Um, I had somebody say to me the other day, what... <laughs> I had driven out to do a hike and I kind of took a long drive. It was like an hour and a half or something. I was talking about this, this hike and, and this person asked me like, how long did you hike for? And I was like, I don't know, it was snowy. I only went maybe like three and a half miles or something. And this person was like, why would you drive that far, you know, to go? And I sat there with this confused look on my face because, um, that like that idea didn't even cross my mind when I was going on my adventure because the drive itself is like awesome. And I love driving, especially around these parts. Like we are, I live in this really magical, beautiful place and I love listening to music and I love feeling the excitement of my dogs behind me in the back of the car. And I like cracking my window and smelling, you know, the different forest and, um, and, you know, it was snowy. So I loved driving in the snow, just like playing around with that and experiencing it all. And so it wasn't about the hike, like the hike was awesome and it was great to get there and move and, uh, experience, you know, a, a different forest than here, but, it was the whole journey. It was the whole experience. Um, and I think if we come at life from this place of wonder, this place of curiosity, uh, this place of presence, you know, here and now, and, and the, the courageous, like, uh, of the heart where we can just fully feel and experience and see and, and just be kind of, that child in wonder again, that playfulness and, and that joy and, and ecstasy and, you know, orgasmic feeling for life. Like that is probably one of the best ways we can, we can present ourselves to the world. And it doesn't mean that we feel that way all the time necessarily. Again, and think about that room with all the different um, feelings in it. We're going to step in and out of those things and that's normal and legit and necessary uh, one for one reason, because I think it helps us to experience one extreme, whether it's sadness or grief, and then the opposite extreme, because then we appreciate it that much more, you know, to have those, those full sensations, those full feelings, the breadth of feeling that, that we as humans can have. So what am I trying to say out of that, that example about the long hike is like our lives are the journey. And I think so much of, what we see in kind of the corporatist world that we've all been force fed in some ways and participated in, you know, as well, um, is that it's all about some, some end game, you know, and what is the end game if not for the journey? I mean, I don't, I don't want to be at the end of my life and be laden with regret. No, no way. Like I want to look back 
you know, if they say that your life flashes before your eyes or, you know, you have these, I mean, I've watched death multiple times and, um, people have powerful experiences for sure. And it's a very spiritual process, which is beautiful. It's a birth really. And I, I hope that at the end of my life, whenever that might be tomorrow, 10 days from now, hundred days from now, I don't know, 10 years, whatever. I mean, hopefully longer, but you never know. Um, I don't want to have an ounce of regret. I want to see things flashing before my eyes, like my kids smiles and hugs and, uh, being in nature and, and feeling the sunshine on my face and communicating with people that I just get invigorated by and pleasures, you know, uh, all the pleasures that we have in life. And, um, I want to go out, you know, feeling that excitement, even at the very end, even at the, especially at the very end, I don't want to be regretting that I didn't do something that I wanted to do, you know? Um, and so I think we have daily opportunities to kind of manifest that and to make that reality true for ourselves. And so if you get in touch with your heart, then it's not about the end game. It's really about the connections that we make along the way or the experiences we, the sensations we have, the visual, the sound, the smell, the, the touch, you know, um, the taste, like all those sensations are what keep us connected to this physicality and, and this, this flesh that we're in for this lifetime, you know, and, and it is our vehicle for traveling through this life, um, so if we can step out of the brain a little bit and get into the heart, then we can receive all that information and therefore radiate that out to other people. Um, you know, think for a second about somebody that you just love being around, whether it's a crush or, you know, um, your love or uh, a family member that you just adore, or even just, you know, even a friend that you just really like to be around them. Think about how you feel when you see them or you know you're going to see them. Um, I think of it as, I don't know if you're familiar with Tabata workouts, but they are, uh, it's good. They're kind of high intensity for short periods of time. Then you have rest. So your heart rate goes up and you feel like this flush of energy and uh, they're pretty powerful kind of hit type workouts. Um, And I, I think that we can experience that on a physiological level if we come from this place of heart centric being, um, and it doesn't necessarily take somebody to kind of create that impetus for, you know, excitement and joy and, um, increased heart rate and, you know, flushed cheeks and all the things that come with that, that type of feeling, uh, we can have that just when we wake up in the morning and we think about our day, we can have that when we're making dinner and doing something really simple that's could be considered mundane, but you know, just running hot water is awesome. And that can allow you to feel fully alive and engaged. Um, you know, kind of that equanimity feeling of like, 
even just the simple things can bring us great, great pleasure. And we can be super present in the moment of those things. And that is ultimately, I think, the place from where we all need to come. And I think if we can all start doing that, then our differences will start to fall away. You know, we'll be able to reconnect again. And um, yeah, so is that the answer? I hope so. I think it's part of it. I think seeing each other with this place of curiosity can, can allow us to look beyond the guards that we each kind of put around ourselves. Um, the pericardium in Chinese medicine, just to circle back to, to the energies and organ systems of Chinese medicine once again, especially since I've been talking about the heart a lot, the pericardium is symbolized by a dog. And I, I have two. <laughs> you might be able to see them in the background. I can see a paw right there. Um, <laughs> so dogs are our protectors. And, but they're also, think about dogs for a minute, especially if you've ever had one that you just adore. Uh, they are symbolically our protectors, but they also are this playful place. And once they kind of allow somebody into our world, then, you know, they're loyal and they're loving and they're present and they're free spirited and, um, and feisty and, and energetic and all the things that we think of when we think of a loyal, sweet dog that's in our lives. So our pericardium is kind of the protector of sorts. But then once somebody's in, once, once we allow somebody to enter our heart and we allow those connections to be fully made, then the guard goes down, you know, and we don't need it anymore. And I know I'm guilty of like protecting my heart and not giving it fully to people because I've been hurt in my life and I've been guarded and, you know, that's a normal thing as a human being, but all that does, does it actually protect me? Not usually, it really just limits me. It limits my own ability to, to radiate what I have to offer to others, you know, and to be courageous and curious and fun and excited and, you know, all the things. So, um, so let's like make this kind of a team effort to come to things with courage, you know, with the heart, uh, from the heart and allow that to be infectious to other people. You know, this virus, it's got nothing on us. I'm not saying it's not real. It's affecting people. It's killing people. It's terrible, but we as a human species, we, we have this incredible potential to do something different and to band together and to create something new. And um, I just fully believe in that, you know, and I got bogged down last week in the in the kind of like despair of, of overwhelm and hopelessness. And I'm, I'm not going to let that happen anymore. It's just not okay. Because guess what? What I've seen in the last week is, and, and what I've experienced, not just seen, but what I've fully experienced is people 
stepping up and like blowing me away with their insight or with their, um, even if with, if with their ability to make me a cup of tea or, you know, just to share a smile or to give me some insight that I didn't know, or, you know, my kids to say things, they, they've said things that I, that just blow me away and like bring me back to center again. And so if we all, let the guard down just a tiny bit. Think about what the collective experience of that could be. I mean, shoot, maybe, I mean, this is strange, but maybe the earth is a heart in and of itself and and it's got the same energy as our hearts. I mean, our electromagnetic force is literally the thing that keeps us alive from the first moment that we're, you know, that the heart has developed all the way until the last beat of it. And it's autonomous in a lot of ways. Um, And we know that energy is radiated out, gravitational force, you know, electromagnetic fields, you know, I mean, we know those to be true. And so uh, perhaps what's happening is this, the earth is begging us to reconnect and to come back together and to see each other, you know, from a new place and, and to feel and experience that heart connection with each other again. Um, at least that's, what's bringing me some sort of comfort and hope and, uh, you know, remembrance of the human spirit, because we've overcome a lot of, a lot of things in our history and, the, the greater, uh, let's see, how do I phrase this? Kind of the, the light within each of us and that, that kind of soul level, uh, beauty that each of us were granted when we came into this world from whatever you want to believe, whether that's just from you know, cellular makeup or, you know, a higher power or our innate power, it doesn't matter. That's really what's the driving force of our time on this planet. And it's really what connects us with nature and, and especially what connects us with each other. And if we can kind of tether back to, uh, that spark, that light, that hope, that spirit within each of us, and look beyond the damage, the baggage, the wounds, you know, the guardedness that each of us tends to kind of carry because we've been damaged in some way, then what kind of healing do we have there? It's, it's unstoppable. It's like, you know, a volcanic explosion wrapping the entire planet in courage and love and curiosity and beauty. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful after a long week of anxiousness. And I, uh, I just want to spread that around a little bit to each of you. And, and I always joke that I hope to inspire and annoy people in the same breath. (laughs) And maybe I'm doing that. I don't know. But um, I've had people ask me to do more of this kind of work and and to just vocalize things and that it brings them hope and gives them 
the courage to kind of take on their own life. And so even if that's just one other person, then it's worth it to me. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being your unique, awesome, badass self. Um, please keep bringing your warrior spirit to this world. We all desperately need it right now. And just remember to kind of come from this, this heart centered place, this heart centric place so that we can all connect on that level again. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everybody. It doesn't mean you, you need to, um, change who you are by any means. In fact, who you are is perfect. And, uh, I want you to just share that fully so that we can all benefit from you, from who you are. Much love to all of you. Uh, My heart is radiating out in this beautiful way to all of you. And I'm giving you uh, virtual hugs, but I will give you real hugs too. So if you see me, please, please make sure that you share some of your oxytocin with me. And um, until next time, I have an awesome guest coming up on my next podcast, one of my colleagues. So I'm super excited to have a cool discussion with, and and he's a, a kindred spirit for sure. So I'm looking forward to that. That's actually probably coming up in the next week or two. So look forward to that. And um, as always, I send you light and love and courage and compassion. And I'm just so, so, so grateful to be surrounded by a community of people such as yourself. So have a wonderful day. Write down your intentions for something new for this new moon solar eclipse and um, share the love with other people too. Take care. Thank you for listening to Dr. Michelle's Wild Warrior Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on Dr. Michelle, please visit drmichellem.com and follow her on Instagram at ethereal underscore fighter.